right, welcome into Lonely Town, a killer's podcast. Jimmy, we've got, a, we've got technically the fifth member of the killers, self-proclaimed here, uh, John Ayer. John, how you doing, my friend? Good, good. Yeah, um, Ronnie was quick to tell me that <laughs> much, I'm a lot further down on the totem pole, so maybe like 27 or 28 or somewhere thereabouts. But you're, but you're on the chart. You're on the depth chart somewhere. I'm at least on the depth chart. You're high enough that Ronnie would comment whether or not you're there or not. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also, for the for the fans watching, you've probably seen John uh, recently. He's he's been uh, the doctor of the uh, of the band, and uh, Benjamin Franklin was my favorite. Yep, yep. So that's me. Yeah, we just wanted to start by having you, if you could tell us about um, how well you knew Brandon when he lived in Nephi. We'll just go back to the beginning and when they started okay. famous and how um, how you got involved with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, I first, um, like, my first interactions with Brandon probably came maybe the summer before my sophomore year of high school. Um, I was... I was at that time pretty into golf. And so I, you know, all through my youth, I had a pass at the Canyon Hills golf course, um, you know, so I can golf as much as I wanted. So me and Matt Nichols um, would go golfing quite a bit. And, you know, Brandon was there and he was just always looking for someone to go out with him. I mean, I would only go, you know, maybe nine holes he would go you know 18 27 whatever he was he was a lot more into it than I was um so yeah that, so that was like my first um interactions with him and so we were more like I had a friend group and he had a friend group and there was um this person Wyatt Boswell who you know we intersected with Wyatt was you know a pretty good friend of mine um and uh you know so we did plays together with dragon main a lot <laughs> and so through through Wyatt you know I, I had some interactions with Brandon mostly just going to lunch or whatever hitting Burger King or Food Town or whatever um so that was pretty much it I mean you know we hung out some but not a lot more um like acquaintances um and then you know I went on um my Mormon mission in 1997 uh or 1998 rather and sorry about those slack notifications I'll see if I can turn off my uh do not disturb or whatever again yeah you're we're pretty professional so <laughs> I'll quit slack so they won't they won't come in um yeah so I went left on my mission to Los Angeles and uh you know just during that time that he moved away I came back went to college um and you know that was it until I uh I was just I was you know a longtime subscriber to Rolling Stone magazine and I see this um this really small like two sentence excerpt about like this band to watch and it was killers brandon flowers and i thought to myself you know that's weird you know <laughs> and i think i i think it had mentioned 
you know, like influenced by Cure, Morrissey, Smiths, whatever. Um, and so I'm like, oh, that's weird because like that's not a flowers isn't like really a, a common last name. And I knew from like my interactions with him in high school that like, those were the bands that he was into. I remember him like being super pumped to go to Cure concert with his brother um Shane you know in high school and so I'm like oh let me you know look him up and so this was 2004 probably like May or yeah probably May of 2004 maybe June um it's to like pull up my laptop but it was you know 2004 laptop 2004 internet and I'm get on uh you know island records website you know page for the killers and it's like the pit that just like the the picture was loading like you know one line at a time (laughs) (laughs) and so it was like oh and then I looked at it and I'm like you know that does kind of look like him um you know and so my wife at the time was she worked for the daily herald and I noticed that they had a show coming up and so she had was doing you know concert reviews and things like that and so I'm like, you need to you know schedule an interview and we're going to get to the bottom of this to see if this is you know the Brandon Flowers that I went to high school with um and so she did and she just conducted the interview and whatever and he had mentioned that he had you know grown up in Utah and that's when my wife asked and so that's how I reconnected with him. We went, the show was at, um, I'm trying to think what it was called. Lo-Fi Cafe. Lo-Fi Cafe. Yeah. Right across from the dead goat saloon or whatever. So it was like me, I I recruited like 20 people to go. My sister, my friends, like Charlie Mangelson, whatever. And so it was us. We were there. Um, Stuart Knowlton, our shop teacher, his uh, son, Spencer and Robert, um, a bunch of Flowers family, but so maybe like that room hold maybe like 150, 200. And so, but it was not very packed. It was hotter than hell. Um, and so that's where I reconnected with him and then just slowly but surely over the years just through Wyatt mainly in the beginning Wyatt was you know at that time he was like their sole roadie or whatever you know he set up all the instruments took everything down drove the van or whatever and so um just would go to shows from you know time to time and then you know when I moved um back so I moved back to Nephi I moved back and then I moved to Salt Lake and it was around the same time that he had moved to park city and that's when we really reconnected and became you know more you know closer friends like we are now so that that's my journey uh with brandon flowers i guess yeah so i um i'm kind of a hoarder sometimes with certain things like byu football tickets i'll keep the stubs and there's one um when the killers uh your wife's article came out in the newspaper i clipped it out and I've, I've got it here. <laughs> I didn't know at the time she was your wife, but I later put two and two together and then found the article she did reviewing the concert the next day and yep. about how 
pretty, pretty much sounded like the AC wasn't working in the van. Oh, yeah. It was like, so it was, I don't know, like July 20 something or whatever. And there was no AC. And it was like a pretty small room. And it was just like so hot. And, you know, they, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't play an encore. I mean, I didn't know if they had enough songs to play an encore back then. It's <laughs> probably like, you know, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> that was the other funny part about it. It sounded like, you know, they just, they played Hot Fuss and that was. That yeah, was, I mean, I think they just played it back and then maybe like they played indie or glamorous oh, yeah. indie roll, which was, you know, from the UK um, version of the album. But yeah, it was, it was one of the more miserable concert experience I've been to, but also it was pretty, <laughs> cool. You know, pretty cool to see someone that you grew up with or knew um you know achieving their dreams in that way even if at that time it was like a small scale and for me like that would have been enough like that's awesome you know someone getting a record contract but then to have because that was like before everything really took off in the U.S. I think it was like the week after Hot Fuss was released they just had to start playing I think somebody told me on X96 or whatever and then just by that fall whenever they released um bright side is that's when things just really really took off so can you tell us about your your current role with with the band besides uh your ben, benjamin franklin and the yeah, yeah yeah so um i since uh around may maybe uh yeah so around starting in may of 2021 i've just been um managing their social media content um you know, it's not like that they had bad content. It was just, they, I just felt like they could be more consistent in, in like the, I mean, I'm come from a marketing background and it's all just about like impressions and whatever, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, you know, they're, they've built their brand. So it's like maybe not as, as, as necessary as someone who's just starting out, but you know, I just, I just saw a way in. I was, I've, I mean, I've always been looking for an angle to like get in to work in the music industry at some, in some capacity. Um, you know but it never worked out I've only worked in high tech so when I saw I just you know what I've learned in old age is that you're not going to get anything if you don't ask for it so I just felt like you know like what's the worst thing that you could do is tell me no and you know for a trial period of uh, two or three months and you know they liked what they saw and so that's what I'm doing it's like it's not, you know, it doesn't take up, you know, super a lot of my time, but it's just fun to be involved. And then, so, yeah, and then I've gone out with them in their last couple of outings, um, you know, when they were promoting uh, Pressure Machine during the week of album launch, album release. I was out there for that Terminal 5 show that you mentioned where I came out as um, the band's doctor, Laszlo Bain, and then, you know, with they during that same trip they shot cbs saturday morning and we were yeah. gonna do um central park but that was like that got rained out i mean i'd never been in rain that bad and it was like crazy just like the streets of new york were flooding or whatever yeah then you're, you're in the tent you were you were with amongst the celebrities you were with anderson cooper and gail king and uh and everybody yeah, I mean, anderson cooper i just heard his voice he was in the cnn studios um that was kind of a crazy experience just because like they were trying to figure out so what had happened was you know since it didn't look like they were going to play they were trying to figure out a way that like maybe 
they could just go in studio with Anderson, play a couple of acoustic songs. Um, and so they were just rehearsing acoustic versions. And Gail King was in the tent, maybe like, you know, like there were just rows of tents, but like they're just separated by, you know, vinyl walls or whatever. And so she's like two tents over and could hear us or hear them playing. And, you know, she came over, did a quick little interview film stuff for her thing on CBS morning show. Um, and then I guess she was walking away. Um, I was talking to Anderson Cooper on the telephone, um, telling him about their experience and the scene and people are like, Oh, we've got to, you know, we got to, you know, let's go back there and, and, you know, re refilm it. So, um, and then that's what happened. It was kind of weird because they were like, they wanted to get a, like an actual camera in there, but they didn't feel like there was enough time. And, you know, maybe those camera people had left because of the rain. So it was, it was kind of interesting to see Don Lemon trying to figure out, <laughs> say interesting. It was just like funny, just to, like, you know, like him trying to figure out how to connect the FaceTime to so that they could broadcast it over the air on cnn and it was like there were a couple of false starts it's pretty funny and weird <laughs> so how weird is that because like i mean you're you're back in nephi right so you're like small town guy whatever and now you're you're on tour with one of the bigger bigger bands in the world like what's that like from your perspective um i mean like in the beginning so i've gone out a couple of times in the past and so in the beginning like it was kind of weird but you know like they're just so laid back and just chill especially now um that it's like you know i mean it's it's a it's a better concert going experience just because well, so take last night for example I, I went and saw lucy dacus and um my thing is, is and i don't know like it's a dumb thing that i do but it's like oh the cost of my ticket um it's going to be the same whether i'm on the front row or i'm on the back row in terms of like a ga situation and so i'll go like an hour or more early so, so i can get front row but like in that situation you're just like sitting backstage you know you got the the nice snacks from the rider <laughs> and then just like when the band goes on you're just like right side stage and able to watch um and, you know, that's a much better experience than having to, like, stand. You know, <laughs> Reserve your spot. Like, yeah, especially into, like, my my ankles aren't holding up like they used to. So standing for three and a half, four hours, I'm not really built for that anymore. I hear that. Oh. So we get a lot of questions about, like, previous songs that relate to Nephi. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of speculating guests from your perspective or, or whatever, what's, do you think there's any previous songs kind of referenced Nephi before pressure machine? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like I heard you guys talking about in the last episode about the starlight motel and you guys were trying to make that connection, but Brandon's parents actually did own for a time, the starlight motel. Sure. So like, in addition to owning the annex, they owned starlight motel. If you're looking at, What's that song? I think the river's wild. I think when it mentions Adam, Adam's mom's dropping bombs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's Adam Bruff. Adam Bruff lived around the corner from Brandon, um, just there on Second South. Um, I mean, I'm, I mean, I can't say 100% for sure, but like that's my understanding of that. Obviously, the, I can't remember, think of the song right now, but Track Street obviously mentioned, you know. So, I mean, there's like, there's just like little hints and little nuggets of it in there, um, but like obviously nothing like um, Pressure Machine. When did you find out about Pressure Machine that it was going to be a concept album about him? Going oh, yes. Yeah. So, like, so last summer, um, or may, so it was probably about this time last year. Um, so they went to Las Vegas um, and played a couple of songs on the, you know, on the roof at Caesar's Palace um, to be played before the, the Raiders first home game there in their new stadium. Mm-hmm. And so at that time he was telling me about, you know, he told me about West Hills and, you know, like how they were just you know like these songs were just coming to him as to you know and it's going to be about Nephi. i don't know if like they he at that point knew that they were all going to be about nephi but like that's when they really started in earnest recording was last summer um and so he would send me you know songs as they'd come you know he knew like i'm like super into Phoebe Bridgers, so when they recorded that one, um, Runaway Horses, send that to me. Um, but yeah, I mean that 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 was like pretty cool, you know, to to see the album. I hadn't ever done that, been that close before in the past, just seeing it come out piecemeal. And then, you know, he was like super excited when you know they came up with those interstitials, the ideas, <laughs> and. Um, you know, to me, it's like you, you listen to that and it's like, that really gives, at least for me, I'm from there. It gives me a real sense of place. I mean, 100%, I hear that voice. I'm like, oh, that's 100% Tarika McPherson, you know, I can tell. That <laughs> voice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, the other ones I didn't necessarily recognize. Maybe I think one was maybe half white. And then, yeah, and then Andy Williamson. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty cool to be you know close and like just being able to talk to him about his experience, you know how it's different now than how it was when he was like really wanting to leave. Um, because you know, like, like if you look at a town, if, I don't, I mean, we're from there i mean i grew up there my whole life i don't know if you were moving or not derek i can't remember i didn't know you until you moved to be my neighbor or whatever but yeah, that's when i moved I, I was there in the fourth grade so i'm still considered a move in i know that's like, like my mom she <laughs> moved she's lived there for 40 years or 45 years and she still you know considered herself to be a move-in yeah we're, we're still new but yeah that's that's when i got there and then jimmy's been there for for life right i grew up there yeah yeah so if you look at it um like nephi is a pretty insular town you know and it's hard as a move-in to really break through into you know into those circles and i experienced this as like so i left when i was 18 i was gone for 15 years I moved back and I was like, you know, I was still friendly and cordial with the people 
that I grew up with and that had stayed in town, but it was harder to break into that friend circle because like, it's just like, you know, I was, I feel like considered a move in after that. So, (laughs) you know, moving there in the sixth grade and like trying to really, um, you know, fit in and then like, especially coming you know from a bigger place like vegas and like you know what it's like to live somewhere else that isn't you know nephi i can see i mean i when i was younger i just wanted to leave and i never thought i'd come back um and so i did i came back and lived there for five years and it was like i have like kind of this um you know love hate relationship with the city like i like some of my like the best things that happened to me in my life, some of them happened there, but also, you know, like the worst thing that ever happened to me happened there. And so it's just like, it's hard for me to even be there now, except to maybe like go to my parents' house just because of just some, some bad memories, but just like to be, being able to like, you know, see Brandon after, you know, 20 years being able to step back and say like, you know, these people, who don't leave like it's maybe there's nothing wrong with that you know like this it's a good place to live you know you know the community's tight and great and like supports one another um so it's just interesting to see that perspective and that you know really to kind of juxtapose you know juxtapose that with you know maybe his feelings as you know 16 year old just wanting to get out i think we could all relate with trying to get out it was kind of it was there, but there was always kind of like a light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of us. And then, I mean, like I had a great time growing up. Like when you talk about the West Hills, we went crazy out there, you know, just like, <laughs> oh yeah, riding our four wheelers, chasing bunny rabbits, like whatever, you know, just like we had a good time, but it's like, I just like, I just saw myself like, you know, I don't want to live here. Um, but then again, when I had kids, I'm like, oh, well, maybe this is a good place to raise a family. And it was like, my kids like loved it there too. And the same type of thing. I mean, there's more controls now. Like when we were kids, it was kind of like truly the wild west. You just, <laughs> whatever you wanted. Whatever. <laughs> so when they're putting together pressure machine, I mean, were there songs that, I mean, we've heard of boy is not on the album. Were there other songs that you're aware of that just didn't make it or were kind of half wrote? Um, yeah. Like, I, I mean, the only one I've heard, that wasn't on the album is boy and if when you listen to it like it sounds more like a traditional killer song but like it it does have the themes of the themes that are you know apparent across um pressure machine um but it sonically it didn't really fit so i don't know if it will you know, ever see the light of day, but like, I know that Brandon really likes that song. And, and I, I, I think it's a good one. I hopefully someday it, it will, you know, be available to the masses. Were you able to provide any Nephi memories to help spur his memories? No, but like I'll, I'll, I'll bring stuff up like, cause he, uh, he doesn't, you know, remember a lot, a lot of things. So we'll talk about it and I'll kind of jog his memory, but no, all these all came from him. Yeah. Um, and, and his experience um, in in town. Did uh, so Jimmy has this memory of Brandon, and they were golfing and stuff. And we wanted to get this 
message to him just to see. I want to know if Jimmy's a liar, basically. But he remembers golfing and Brandon saying that he got a hole-in-one on, I think it was hole number two at Canyon Hills. Uh-huh. And he said he was he was by himself. And so, you know, that's the worst thing that can happen if you hit hole-in-one is that you're alone and have no witnesses. But So I, I have no... Uh, they don't believe me. Yeah, I, I, well... I'm not dumb enough to think that Brandon's got enough time. He's going to sit down and listen to this podcast and, and call in and tell us. But if you could relay that message and, and get back to us. Uh, I'll, I'll see what I can find out for you guys. Um, he also said that when he was writing the songs, he had pictures uh, of Nephi kind of around to get inspiration from. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know what, what any of those pictures were? or Yeah, if you, I mean, if do you have the vinyl or I don't know if they're in the in the – um so the same the, ones that are in the package the cd package yeah oh. yeah yeah so like there's just yeah so those are the ones there's like this picture of nrp pictures of horses picture like all those ones that wes the guy who shot the album cover yeah he shot also like maybe like 20 or so um photos around town um and that's just what they are they're the ones that are included in um in the album like, wow, so those like, were taken well well before yeah yes yeah. so they were taken in probably like spring summer of last year wow. um yeah so when you talk to the other guys from the band that uh aren't from nephi uh mm-hmm. i mean what do they think about nephi i've heard them in interviews and stuff and they just kind of say yeah it's a nice place or brandon's told us a little about it but have they i mean in the vignettes or whatever they're out in eureka which i was gonna bring up with you too of why they went there if you had any clue um, but do the other people like, do they have any connection with Nephi? Do they care? Have they been through, you ever have a, a chat with them about Nephi or is it just kind of that? Sort um, of- I mean, not really. I mean, I think they've all been there. Like, um, uh, I mean, I, 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 it doesn't really come up. Yeah. All right. Now the other thing was, uh, so the people around town, you know, how people just talk and whatever, everyone was mm-hmm they weren't upset but everyone was wondering why they shot all that in eureka instead of nephi do you have any thoughts on on any of that or is it just whatever um i mean i don't know exactly i mean the photographer uh, i can't think of his name danny something the guy who, who shot it he just scouted a bunch of locations um in and around the area and uh, that's where he chose um i can't say the reason why but he the photographer i think is the one that, that so, chose location. so it wasn't that brandon was like vindictive and really gonna show nephi how small no 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 like, come back all those vengeance. all those photos that are in the in the liner notes they're all they're all in in nephi yeah oh yeah it was just that photographer that's where he chose um to do it at least that's my understanding. I yeah. could be 100% wrong. Oh, well, yeah. We'll, we'll throw out John speaks for, for John and uh, we speak for us. And, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, that was just my understanding. The, the photographer, that's where he wanted to do it. So, one thing I wanted to ask you um, to maybe help Killers fans, just in general, or to, to know about Nephi, is I've seen over the years, I mean, not over the years, recently, You've had him do a couple uh, interviews and uh, Q and A's and stuff with fans, and uh, you know the the professional writers they they ask for the most part they ask um, you know unique questions or thought provoking questions. But I noticed when they get a ch- when a fan gets a chance to ask a question, 
obviously sometimes they they freeze up if they're put on the spot and they'll just be like uh you're my favorite i love you uh anyway they just kind of stall out i'm wondering uh, or they ask uh you know things that have already been asked before a million times i wanted to know if you have something what what would you ask or what let me see how to put it is there a question you think killers fans would be interested to know the answer to but would never think to ask I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, for me, I'll just say this, the most, the thing that I'm most in awe of about Brandon outside of his um, musical abilities is like, if you go out to eat with him um, and I've been to like lots of different places, Indian, Italian, seafood, sushi, whatever. Um, you know, especially if it's like a tapas type place, he'll just order for the table and he has this, uncanny ability to order like the right things that satisfy everyone and it's like the right amount of food and it could be you know for four people or for 12 people or whatever it's just um I think that's an amazing skill that he has that people don't really know about and maybe I'm just I don't know I would like I would just never have the confidence to order for the table Um, (laughs) and uh he does it and he does it well so I, one other question, random question that I wanted to ask, just because you were, I think you're three, three years older than us in school. Mm-hmm. And I know you're a big concert guy and uh-huh. a little too young to know what was going on at the time, but I wanted to know, did you go to the Rage Against the Machine concert in Spanish Fork? Oh, I was, I was there. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I was 100% there. Yeah. I, I, I took a wild guess that you might've been. What can you tell us about that? um like it was kind of weird um in that so we I went with you know so I like all my friends were on the football team you know I I didn't play my senior year I went and met up with them at the high school after they were done practice we head out to Spanish Fork and like it was like they had like brought out the metro gang unit or whatever (laughs) gonna be you know crazy and wild and and because that like security was kind of like pretty you know kind of like it is now getting in except so like it took us maybe like 30 or 40 minutes just to be processed through to get in and we missed the entire opening band Um, but like when we went through like they looked at us and they didn't do it like we just walked right through we could have had <laughs> they did not pass down you know I guess we just looked like a bunch of 17 18 year old kids that you know couldn't cause much trouble um but I mean it was I mean it it was a crazy experience to see a band like that in uh, a rodeo arena <laughs> uh, like all of the blue that led up to it just like the the residents of spanish fork thinking that you know end of days were coming because this <laughs> subversive rock and roll band was gonna um play in their town and it just really it was just a regular rock and roll show it was actually it was the first time i saw someone you know smoke a joint um, <laughs> So the 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 so security, everyone's first were true. About the security did not get all of the paraphernalia um, on, uh, you know. But yeah, so it was it was crazy. It was a good experience, fun. Uh, you know, it's a crazy thing about that is 
you know, that happened on September 11th as well, but September oh, really? 11th, uh, 1996. You still have your ticket from that? Um, like my mom threw away a lot of stuff after I moved out. So that was one of the casualties. Um, had that one. I had a ticket to see um, Marilyn Manson in, um, it was like, the, this was another crazy one. So, um, so Marilyn Manson had opened for Nine Inch Nails the year before and he had got up on stage and like was reading passages from the Book of Mormon and ripping it up and whatever and whatever. And so Mayor of Salt Lake, D.D. Cordini, I think at the time, you know, was like, you know, we, you can't play here, even though like the concert was already scheduled. So it was moved to Park City, you know, and that day, um, the day of the show, it was like a blizzard. And so I ultimately ended up not being able to go because I, my car was a 1985 Mercury Cougar with rear wheel drive and it was not going to make it to park city in a blizzard. And another, like, and that night there was car, there was like an avalanche that like covered cars in, up Provo Canyon. So I guess it was a good thing that we decided not to go, but yeah. I don't have any of those uh, concert tickets from my youth. All right. Well, get back on with the killers. So are you going back out on, on tour or what's your schedule like with them coming up? Um, I mean, it's all TBD. I mean, that's what I would like to do, but it's, you know, everything is, you know, ad hoc at this point. So it's just, you know, depending on if they feel like they need me out there or not. I mean, you know, so I hope so, but I can't say for certain. Is there anything else you would uh, say to Killers fans? Tell them about Nephi that uh, give them some. Um, I, I mean, I guess. Let me think. I mean, if you're in town, to hit up the Lisa's Country Kitchen, get and get a hot beef. I don't know. That's what I like <laughs> in town. Um, but yeah, I mean. I think you really just have to experience it. I can't really say, you know, it's hard, hard to say what to, I mean, cause it's not like there's a lot to do in town, <laughs> but just come and take a drive, you know, go up through, take a drive through the Nebo loop and down Nephi Canyon and into town, stop at taco time, get a crisp bean burrito. <laughs> um, and then just, yeah, just try and feel the essence of like how pressure machine came to be. I think that's perfect. You got anything you want to plug or social media or anything for? for <laughs> no, I mean, like, I guess if you don't follow me. It's just, I'm just John Ayer, J O N E Y R E on all platforms. Except for Twitter. Well, no, it's, it, I mean, I go by Dank Williams. <laughs> Junior, <laughs> that's just my display name but it oh, okay my my handle is still just at john air j-o-n i saw the dank williams and it, it gave me a giggle and uh so i thought i'd share that yeah yeah all right well thanks for coming on and uh i'll probably hit you up in the future with uh questions or anything that pops up if that's all right oh yeah that's fine thanks for having me guys and, uh, well, thanks a lot yes that's another episode down from lonely town 